I guess I was really ignorant to the rest of the world as well. I thought, you know, if people couldn't see me doing things, they didn't know. But it was just me living in a dream world because I was intoxicated all the time. Today on Dirty Linen, we are talking to Chef Zach Sykes. Uh, Zach is the head chef at the Boom Boom Izakaya in Brisbane, working with Jake Nicholson, a friend of the podcast. We loved having a chat to Jake. Um, Zach, I was inspired to uh, get in touch with you to ask you to come on the podcast because of a post that you put on um, on Facebook recently about being two years sober and you just sound super happy and pumped about it. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's, um, it's a different, different lifestyle for me these days. Well, you've been, you know, the head chef at some of Sydney's most prominent restaurants, so Coogee Pavilion, North Bondi Fish, Fish Face, and now you're um, you're in Brisbane, where I think you are from. Just yeah, I'm from Brisbane originally. Yeah. So tell us a bit about you know how different life is for you now. Um, yeah, well, I don't wake up and have beers in the shower anymore, so that's um, it's a massive change now. I get up and I go to the gym and. Um, yeah, I've just got uh, just a, a very different lifestyle. It's interesting considering how it was different it was when I started 27 years ago about how the life, uh, sorry, about how the uh, industry has changed and it's not so much a badge of honour anymore about how, you know, loose you can be and it's, um, yeah, I just have a very different lifestyle now. I actually look after myself and, um yeah, my mental mental space is, uh, is is a lot better than it ever has been, and uh, yeah, just to have that mental clarity is um, it's pretty insane. Beers in the shower sounds like you're in a pretty full on place. Um, what tell us about when you got into the industry? You know, was it that sort of hard living lifestyle that came at you straight away, or did you go into it um, with with those those tendencies? What what happened? <laughs> Oh, look, look, my, I, I was a bit of a troubled kid at, 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 you know, at a young age and, you know, school wasn't for me and I was expelled from a couple of high schools and, um, you know, I had to find a job. So I got a job as a kitchen hand and, um, I fell in love with the, with the kitchen. Um, and it wasn't until basically until I got sober that I realized that, you know, the addiction was uh, an illness basically so um as much as the industry was all about the hard living and working hard playing hard and you know sort of burning the candle at both ends it's um i was never i could never stop so i used alcohol and drugs as basically a, an outlet or a wind down or a coping mechanism basically so um yeah it was just it just became part of my lifestyle and it definitely affected me mentally physically emotionally um yeah basically 25 years on and I decided that uh after rock bottom after rock bottom being fired from jobs being turned down for jobs that I was well and truly capable of doing but maybe not mentally capable of doing so it um it got to a point where I don't know I was, I was in a pretty dark place with some um uh, lifestyle choices and 
some things that had happened around me as well. You know, I Jeremy Strode was a really good friend of mine. Uh, I was actually working with him at the time when he took his own life as well. And, you know, at that point I started to see a therapist and still not realising that alcohol was a problem for me. Um, and... You know, I, I don't know. I, I had a bad a bad reputation in the industry for being somebody that drank too much and took too many drugs. And, you know, I thought moving moving to Brisbane was a way to escape from that. But it wasn't. It was just problems following me. So, Wow, Zach, it's, it's just such a lot for you to go through and sort of be in the midst of. And it's so hard to see your way out of a situation where, where there is addiction. And Jeremy Strode was such a important figure to so many people and um yeah his suicide was just I think rocked so many people especially as he was also an advocate for mental health in hospitality and it just seems still seems so um well it's just so devastating to think that even when you're aware that there are issues that you're struggling with that that isn't necessarily putting you on the path to solving them. And I think that is such a, it is such a hard thing for anybody to face and to be so close to him and to be dealing with your own turmoil. I mean, that must've been really, really tough. Yeah. Again, it was just something that I phased out with alcohol. You know, I drank to forget and what I've learned since I've become sober is that the problems don't go away. They just build up. And um, eventually it all just comes crashing down. And mm. I think one of the things, you know, people do talk about hospitality. You mentioned it yourself. You know, it's it, there is some, part, at least partly there's that culture of, you know, work hard, play hard. Um, and as long as you can front up the next morning, you know, it's, it's all good. Um, you've said that there, you have noticed some changes in the industry more recently. I mean, where do you think that's at? Do you think that there are sort of cultural changes that can support people such as yourself who are perhaps prone to addiction? Oh, you know, definitely it's changing. It's still got a long way to go. Um, You know, not that I'm blaming anybody else, but at no point in my career has anybody not, you know, like there was, you know, parties and things like that you go to or a staff party. It's all based around alcohol and um, at no point did anybody offer me help. It was more just like, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Uh, like it's, you know, it's, a, it's all a bit of a blur the last couple of years for me, apart from since I've gotten sober. And it was maybe me not wanting to, to get help. But I think culturally, yes, the industry is changing because I guess because we're not working such massive hours anymore, you know, I'm, I haven't worked a 90 hour week in I don't know how long. So it's been great. You know, I only work 45 hours a week now, which is, it's pretty good for a head chef. You know? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I just think maybe there just needs to be more education about it or, you know, well, I think people such as yourself speaking out about it and speaking out about the massive change that you've made in your life is certainly part of it. Um, what was it, Zach, that that really made you draw a line in the sand and say <clears throat> the old me isn't going to be the new me? Uh, look, you know, it was being fired from another job for being 
um, I, I guess less productive than I should be. You know, I split up from another relationship. I woke up in jail again after a big night out and, you know, that happened three or four times and it's just like, this isn't normal. So it was either sort my shit out or, you know, end it. And I was in a pretty dark place and I was, you know, I went to the doctors. I just sort of, you know, said I was in a pretty dark place and I went and got some, you know, some uh, antidepressants and, um, and then I booked myself into a detox clinic and then did the rehab thing. And it was definitely one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because I'd known nothing else since I was basically 18 or get, oh, maybe 20 where I was drinking every day and drinking to get drunk. And it wasn't, it wasn't enjoyable for me and, and at the same time, I'd been doing it for so long that I didn't know any different. So it was, yeah, it was sort of, I guess, the last straw for me. That's really brave that you that you were able to perceive that and that you you took that action. Is, I mean, what was what was it like to be sober? <laughs> it's different. It was you just I don't know, you just got so much more clarity in your in your head and you notice things, you're productive, your memory's great. It's I don't know, I guess it's just how normal people are, whereas me I was I, I I guess I was really ignorant to the rest of the world as well. I thought, you know, if people couldn't see me doing things they didn't know, but it was just me living in a dream world because I was intoxicated all the time. You know, if if I was too drunk, I'd have some cocaine to try and sober me up, and it was, it, you know, that wasn't the answer. And I, well, instead of slurring my words, I'm chewing my gums and slurring my words as well, just trying to call a service. And it's just, it's just stupid. And there's no way to, no way to act, no way to, you know, to be a manager. Or you know, you're supposed to be training young people to as a future in the industry. And I don't know. I'm, I mean. I definitely didn't do anybody any favors while I was while I was in that in that circumstances. I I was I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like it's so it's it's so big because not only are you kind of looking forward, you're also looking back, and you've really got that reckoning of you know you. I mean, you look at it on paper, and it looks like you've had a really successful career, but it sounds like when you look back on it, you just there must have been you must have felt like you'd let yourself down. Oh, hundred percent. So I could should be should be so much further ahead in my career because you know without alcohol I would have I don't know I guess I would have been more focused, more more driven, and I was, without sounding like a wanker, I was really fortunate that cooking came really easily to me, and I'm a massive advocate for self sabotaging for myself, and I don't know I might just try to make it more difficult for myself. I don't know. I don't know. It was just something in my head where, oh, this is too easy for me. I need to make it a bit more difficult or, you know, I don't deserve this or I shouldn't be in this position. So, you know, I still kick myself sometimes just to some of the jobs that I've had and, you know, some of the accolades and whatnot that I've received, even though I was drunk and high the whole time. And it's, again, it's no way to live. and There's no longevity in that. There's definitely no future in it. And, you know, I'm 42 years old now, and um, 
yeah, I feel like I've just started my career again because I'm really happy with the food that I'm cooking. I'm actually creative again. Um, when I when I did get sober, I took you know, 18 months off work and all I did was concentrate on myself. You know, I went to the gym every day. I'd go to my AA meetings every day. I'd go and, you know, I'd just go walking. I'd be active. I'd get exercise and it's it's good for the brain. You know, as 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 a young chef, I was didn't think like that. I wasn't told that. Um, it was more of just a, oh, you're just loose, and that was it. You know, so. Mm. And how secure do you feel in your sobriety now? Like, is that a is it a daily project to stay on track? Um, well, I haven't been to meetings for a while now. It's been over a year since I've been to a meeting, but um, I have different outlets. You know, I do my F45 every day. I, you know, I, I eat I eat well. You know, I have three meals a day now, where it's just whereas I was having one meal and, you know, 20 beers and a bottle of vodka, you know. So now it's, uh, you put good things into your body, your body gives you good things back, I guess. Jeez, your body must be very grateful. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> um, and I, I've only ever had one kidney as well. So um, during that whole time, my kidney was probably swearing at me every time I had a drink. And now it's just probably praising me every time I have some water, you know. so. Wow, Zach. Um, so how after 18 months of really putting that energy and time into yourself and, and your health, physical and mental. What was it like to approach the idea of returning to restaurants? Oh, it scared the shit out of me. Like Jake is a good mate of mine and like we worked together in Melbourne as well and he uh, approached me and said, oh, we're opening a little bar in the city. Do you want to come and do it? It'll just be a few yakitoris and a couple of this, a couple of that. And then... They sort of just said to me, you know, you do what you want to do food-wise, just make sure it works. And I sort of took that as a bit of a an opportunity to, you know, to get back into it. My my One of my biggest concerns was whether I still had the creativity um, and the desire. But, um, yeah, I tried a few other things while I wasn't working in the industry and I did a little bit of retail here and there and, you know, I just – it just wasn't for me. So getting it back into the kitchen was daunting and exciting at the same time. Um, yeah, it was really inspiring just to get to play around with food and things actually work. And the funny thing is I'd never done a Japanese restaurant before in my life, but I'd used a lot of Japanese flavors in my food and all of a sudden now I'm running a Japanese restaurant. So. <laughs> <laughs> And to have someone like Jake Nicholson, who's your exec chef, um, and you say is a friend over a long period of time, I mean, how important is it to have someone like that who can, I suppose, offer you that practical support but also be there for you as a friend? Uh, you know, one of the best things about Jake was that he was clean and sober as well, so we had that connection. Um, and it was really good to have that support from him because it was like, oh, yeah, we'd sit down and have a tea or something like that rather than go for a beer or, you know, it was really good to have somebody who was essentially my boss that was in the same or a similar situation as me. Mm. And what's it been like to go back into an environment where alcohol is, you know, kind of at the centre of it, where it's it's a bar, there's drinking? What's that like? 
Um, well, the good thing is it's not really such a bar um, atmosphere. It is more of a restaurant sort of feel down there, which is which is really good. Um, as far as drinking goes, if I had have not taken the time off to do this first, it would have been a lot more difficult and I probably wouldn't have been as successful in my sobriety. So it's just that massive circuit breaker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't hang around at the end of the night anymore. I, you know, I do my job, I do what I have to do and I leave. You know, I go home and I I get home and I'm in bed within half an hour of getting home instead of, you know, sitting up for three or four hours or going to a bar or something like that. And then, you know, I'm up at six thirty, seven o'clock every morning now. So it's uh, yeah, very, <laughs> it's, again, it, it's just a dramatic change considering how I was. And do you feel like that it's a culture that filters through to your team? Um, I, I guess so, yeah, because, you know, since starting with me, a couple of them are going to the gym now and I, I don't know, maybe I'm inspiring them or motivating them a little bit to look after themselves a bit better. So hopefully what I am doing is working because I always used to think my food was my way of inspiring people. But then I realised that the industry is one of those industries where you've got to give it all or you get very little out of. Um, and I'm relearning that again. So mm. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of people – talk about those intense highs that you get from a busy service and they can sort of relate that to the same cycles that you would get from from a, using a substance. I mean, do you feel like, I mean, does that make sense to you? Do you feel like there is this sort of link between those big highs and those, and I guess the lows that can follow? Oh, definitely. You know, a, a good busy service is, you know, it's exciting, it's fun and you are on a bit of a high afterwards and it does sort of make you want to continue that high. I suppose, is it possible to enjoy the highs that you can get from a busy service? I mean, it's just a real change in dynamic, isn't it? Like to have the highs of a busy service, but then to not either continue it or bring it back, you know, calibrate it with alcohol or drugs. I mean, how do you, how does, how does service fit into your life now? Like, well, you know, what do you do with that, with that, is with that buzz? Um, I think exercise has definitely been like, been the key for me because I, you know, I guess I get all that energy out in the mornings when I do go to the gym and then that sort of continues on through the day. And then generally by the end of the service, I'm pretty shagged because I've been up since 7am. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's just, I guess it's just changing your body clock as well because, you know, I'm not getting up half an hour before I was supposed to start work and then, you know, up until five in the morning anymore. It's just, I've just changed. But I guess I've done a reset of my body clock and, um, you know, as as good as that high feels, it's just like, okay, sweet, now let's, let's get ready and do it again tomorrow sort of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can only – this is this is massive speculation, but if, if I speculate on what it would have been like to work for you when you were really in the fog and I can imagine, you know, perhaps it was – you were a bit unpredictable perhaps and it might have been hard for you to give give everything to – you know, to teach those people around you, you know, to, to pass on those skills that you'd built up. And I can imagine now it's actually quite different where you can look at someone, you know, really without that fog, they, you're able to give a lot more. And um, I'm sure your kitchen is calmer. Um, there's less volatility. I mean, are they, is this? Oh, yeah, definitely. It must feel much better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more predictable now. Um, you know, 
old Zach was very unpredictable and, you know, nobody knew what he was going to get depending on what time he'd slept the night before and how much he'd drank that morning or, you know. It's, um, yeah, in all honesty, like nothing. I've, I've never been this, this clear in my life and, you know, I've I've got my sobriety to thank for it and, you know, my AA and my rehab and my detox and all that. And, you know, it's all... It was definitely the right, the right, the right decision to make. So there's there's a lot, um, there's a big mo- movement around sobriety, low alcohol and no alcohol drinking. There's a no alcohol bar that's opened in Melbourne, which just is you know, um, which is pretty radical. I mean, do you, do you feel like you're part of something? Like you're part of a part of a larger movement towards, um, I guess, removing alcohol and drugs from the centre of people's lives. I wouldn't say I was part of the movement. I think I'd, my reasoning is very selfish, and that was just to make sure I'm alive for a little bit longer. You know, um, I I really like the fact that it's that it is moving in that direction, and you know there are some great non-alcoholic beverages around. Um, I also one other thing now is you go out for dinner, and there is a lot more choice in the non-alcoholic. Um, beverages side things whereas before it was sparkling water or a a sweet juicy um mocktail that was made up without any care but a lot of places will have mocktail lists now and you know the non-alcoholic beers low low alcohol beers and things like that um i like i like some of the non-alcoholic wines the beers that's for me that's just playing with fire because it just still tastes like beer Whereas the non-alcoholic wines, there, I don't know, there's a bit more going on to them. Some of these, some really interesting ones. So, yeah. And you know, you mentioned that I guess compliance around hours worked has been a big help for I guess pulling things back into line in other ways. Are there other industry changes that you have seen or that you would like to see that you think would help people working in restaurants be more healthy? Um, I guess it all just starts with management. You know, if if they're in a good good place and you know they're living a healthy lifestyle, I guess that can sort of you know um, go down to the people that are working with them. You know, it's I guess leading by example. You know, leading a clean, healthy lifestyle is one way of showing it, and also living that work life balance as well as rather than, you know, working your massive hours and coming into work and that's all you have. Whereas now I've, you know, I've got a little bit of a work-life balance and it's, I don't know, I, I, don't know, I think the industry is definitely changing for the better. It just, just still needs a lot more. Lot, it still needs a bit of work because, you know, still people are scared of the industry because, you know, obviously there's a massive shortage of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think. I guess, you know, well, they always say shit rolls downhill. So if you start at the top and, you know, see what happens up there, I guess it's going to filter down through. Mm. I mean, yeah, you do hear about things now where instead of, you know, some sort of boozy party, people are doing rock climbing or yoga classes or meditation workshops, you know, as a team. So I suppose that is um, there are different ways of creating that restaurant community, that restaurant family. Yeah, exactly. It's, It's all about the culture and... Yeah. 
Mm. So, Zach, perhaps let's finish with a little bit of advice. If if there's a young chef listening who's coming into the industry and, you know, perhaps came into it for similar reasons as you, they really needed something to cling on to because, you know, life wasn't easy. What what kind of advice would you give them as they were setting setting off on their career? Um, work's not everything. You know, like you've got to have a balance there. You've got to work out what you like outside of work as well. You know, when you're at work, work. Um, I One thing that I had to work out was what I actually enjoyed doing outside of work. I had no idea who I was. All I was work and party, and that's all I knew. So now I've realised that I actually like getting outdoors and, you know, hiking, exercising. You know, dining out is still, you know, at the top of my list of things to do because I love food and I love eating and, um, you know, my holidays depend on where, which restaurants I want to eat in. So, um, but nowadays it's, you know, I have more to live for. It's not just work. And it was one thing my therapist said to me. He said, what do you want on your tombstone? And it's like, Zach, he was a great chef. That's it, you know? So for me, it's like, you know, there's more to life than work. But um, at the same time, you know, you, you, I don't know how to say that. It's, I guess work-life balance is really important. Don't forget about yourself, you know? I got a little tattoo on my thumb of a love heart that just remind me to love myself more. And, you know, that's one of my favorite tattoos and I've got heaps. So <laughs> that's just the simplest little one. Um, yeah. Love yourself more. Wow, Zach. That's really beautiful. And I love, I love that idea of just that little reminder. Um, so, it's so important. I'm really um, grateful to you for sharing your story today. I know it's not easy to talk about this stuff. It's um, really admire your bravery and making those huge changes in your life. And I know that it's not only benefiting you, but anyone that comes into contact with you now will get the benefit of um, yeah, all that you're able to give now. Um, I'd just like to say to anyone who's listening that's struggling, like chat to your GP, get some assistance. Lifeline is there 24-7-13-1114. Um, but thanks, Zach. Really appreciate your, the, your time and the energy you've brought to this conversation. Thanks for asking me to share, Danny. Really appreciate it. You take care. Uh, cheers. Thanks very much. Bye. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production. Ha, <laughs> 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 Sorry.